You've been sold the idea that financial independence is all about some number on your account statement, or even worse, that you don't qualify because of where you started out. That's just not true. It's not about some well-kept secret of the wealthy. It's about finding the right information and knowing how to apply it. On the Get Ready for the Future show, we're answering your questions so you can start making real financial change today. The journey to true financial independence begins right here, and it starts with you. From the sixth floor of Free Financial Center in Little Rock, all the way across the state of Arkansas, we're here on the Get Ready for the Future show for you. Got questions and answers to your financial topics. Janet Walker is in with uh, John Shrewsbury here, and uh, Scott is, I don't know, frolicking someplace. He's uh, he's enjoying some time in Boston, from is what I Boston? understand. Yeah, that, I, yeah. That's right. I, I remember now where he's at. I, I sat in for him last week on the fastest four minutes in investing because we had him on special assignment. Yes. And now he is on his own assignment. He's yes, on he vacation. Is. So mm-hmm. uh, Scott's having a good time. And we're glad to have you with us. Uh, of course, our format at the Get Ready for the Future show is you got questions, we got answers. And there is a great opportunity for you to engage with us. If you want to either call or text us at 501-381-5228, Again, that's 501-381-5228. We'd be more than happy to visit with you and and actually get your question on the air and get the answer to your question uh, about whatever's going on financially in your world. Janet, this is something that we've done uh, ever since we started this show. We wanted to be sure to convey uh, the the real answers to the real questions that are in people's uh, heads these days. Yeah, for, for 16 and counting years yes. we've been we've been taking people's questions and so uh we're going to get to some today in just a moment um but again just as a reminder if you've got questions for us um just reach out to us at 501-381-5228 and we will get your question on the air our first question today comes from dara in springdale uh dara says my dad passed away recently and he had multiple retirement accounts through different companies between that a home, and other assets, I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I don't know what to do with it all. Dara, we can absolutely appreciate that. She asked, how do I simplify this to help myself and while making sure that I'm still being a good steward of what he left me? I am 47 with a 53-year-old spouse. Janet, Dara is not unlike virtually anyone in that age range who has lost a parent and now they're having to deal with the aftermath. And, yeah. and this, is a, this is a huge picture that some people really do have a hard time with. I, I would absolutely agree. And, and we're going to start on this answer for Dara with really some additional questions. We'll, we'll try to, to uh, give you some direction. But there is one question that we really uh, we need a little bit more information on. When you say that your dad had multiple retirement accounts, we, we would benefit from knowing if those retirement accounts were actually retirement accounts in the mind of the IRS, meaning things like a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, a 401k, 403b, those types of things, or if it was money that your dad had put aside that he was going to utilize for retirement, but not through something that gets special tax treatment from the IRS because they label it as a retirement account, because that, that seems a little bit nitpicky. But the answer and the, the details on this definitely are dependent upon whether these are officially retirement accounts. So 
John, let's talk first about, let's assume that they are officially retirement accounts and answer in that direction. What does that look like? Well, first thing is, uh, Dara, as a beneficiary of, uh, a, a non-spouse beneficiary, I should say, of your father's retirement account, you will fall under what is called the SECURE Act. And the SECURE Act, as it applies to this situation, really does force you to think long-term about this money because you have a, a situation under the SECURE Act that you must take required minimum distributions over the next 10 years. Now, what you also have to understand is that the SECURE Act requires that that retirement account be fully depleted at the end of 10 years. Now, you're not forced to actually take those distributions over 10 years. If you wanted to, you could make a distribution in year one. But you have to understand the tax consequences of that. All of this money is fully taxable to you. So it's going to sit right on top of whatever income you and your spouse may have uh, coming in right now. And what happens in this, Janet, is kind of insidious, in my opinion. Uh, I think Congress knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. They, were, they, they set this up where these distributions become available to people who are likely going to be in their highest earning years. So if you think about it, as you're already maybe in the 22% tax bracket and you get a big lump sum distribution, then all of a sudden you're in a 35% tax bracket on that distribution. Right. And so you're ending up paying a higher level of taxes than you would otherwise on a distribution from a retirement account. So a, a couple of things that I want to be sure that we're clear on when we talk about this being depleted by the end of year 10, that is only with the IRA label still on it. So what we would have you do, let's let's say that it's $500,000 that we're talking about. That $500,000, maybe you withdraw 50000 a year plus whatever growth it has while it's invested, but you withdraw uh, one-tenth of it the first year, one-ninth the second year, one-eighth, et cetera, and you expose that $50,000 to taxes, and then you reinvest the rest of that money. So you've not depleted it as in running out of money, but you've gotten it exposed to the taxes during that time period. Yes, and, and what you do with that after-tax money really is going to make a huge difference as far as as your future is concerned. And you spoke about honoring your father and, and being a good steward with what he left me. I think one of the things that you've got to think about in this is what would your father have you do with this? Maybe you had some conversations with him about, the, you know, how this money is going to play out in your life. Maybe he wanted to be sure that you were secure in your retirement and didn't really count on this whole secure act coming into play that said you had to take it out of the retirement account. More than likely, when he put this money into the retirement account and was thinking about a beneficiary, the beneficiary could stretch that over the course of their entire lifetime. Those rules have changed, but that doesn't mean that the intent of the money has to change. So, Janet, what does that look like if we have paid taxes on that, that hypothetical $50,000 distribution? Let's say I have $40,000 yeah. of net money then what, how do I actually use that for my future retirement now that it's out of a retirement account? So you've got several options, and really it would probably be a combination of several of these elements. But the first thing that we would want to do is look at whether or not you are on track for your financial independence. And there's a lot of different elements to consider in that. Like, do you have debt? The mortgage is one conversation on debt, but everything else is another conversation. So is there debt that we need to help you eliminate? 
Um, are you on track as far as your retirement contributions personally? So putting money toward your 401k or other corporate retirement plan that might receive a match uh, and or contributing to a traditional or a Roth IRA. Um, once this money comes into play, you're probably not eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA, depending on what your details were you know, before this money came into play. But but in all likelihood, we can't do a direct contribution to a Roth anymore, but we could still continue to contribute to your retirement. And just going on down the line of your financial, uh, your your steps to financial independence and going, where does this money need to be used? And then keeping in mind what was important to your dad. So things like uh, if you have, if you and your husband have children, These are the grandchildren of your dad. This money came from their grandfather. Did he at any point say, now, honey, I really want you to be sure that the kids get a good education? Did, you know, was there any conversation like that? Did he talk about gifting anything along those lines where you want to honor what conversations that you had with your dad about his desire for this? But I, I would also say that even if it's not verbalized, um, a very strong desire of every parent I've I've known is for their children, their adult children, to be financially independent. So that's on the list, along with anything else that you guys might have talked about. Now, separating ourselves from the retirement account, because I think we pretty fully uh, sure. w- went through those details, but let's talk about non-retirement assets. This could be the home. This could be virtually anything else that, that your father left you. Uh, maybe it is a tangible asset like an account or something of that nature, a non-tangible asset like an account, or it could be a tangible asset like a real estate or a home or whatever the case may be. You obviously have got to go through the estate settlement process to get all of that taken care of. And that's where you'd want to, to engage an attorney to be sure that you're stepping through that in the right way. Uh, you have to ask yourself about the home. Is there a sentimentality versus a practicality issue in this? Do you want to hang on to the home and use it uh, as rental property? I know some people like to move into their uh, their childhood home or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So you got to think about that. And you also have to think about uh, this is an opportunity for potentially a liquidity event, because if you have non-retirement assets that were invested, let's say in highly appreciated stocks, bonds, mutual funds, whatever the case may be, uh, you get this step up in cost basis. So your taxes on that inherited asset could be very small or, or maybe not even at all uh, right. taxable if you go ahead and use a liquidity event like your dad's death to take advantage of, of selling those assets at a gain and not having to pay the capital gain tax because of the step up in cost basis. Dara, I think one other thing that I would just encourage you to to consider, uh, first of all, let me applaud you for your, your wisdom in reaching out and, and, and asking for advice because you're wanting to be a good steward of this. I think it is very common to make uh, decisions about inheritance assets in an emotional way, and we would encourage you really not to do that because anytime that we make a, an emotional decision about money, it's usually not the best decision that we could make. So it's all about this sequence and these steps towards your financial independence and utilizing what your dad uh, had worked really all of his life to set aside and utilizing that to help you step forward. And 
John, I think that actually what you have in your hand would be a fabulous resource for Dara. Absolutely. This is the Securing Financial Independence, Seven Steps to Building a Sustainable Life After Work. It is a document that we give to you free of charge simply uh, by texting us at 501-381-5228 and texting the word STEPS. And we'll text you back, or you could actually go and visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash steps, or you can email show, S-H-O-W, at GetReadyForTheFuture.com to get your copy of Securing Financial Independence, Seven Steps to Building a Sustainable Life After Work. Okay, we've taken care of Dara. Let's go to Clark in Little Rock, who asked, if I become a client, how do you help protect my identity and my money? Clark, that is a huge, huge deal. And and I have to say right off the bat that we are actually working on this issue in a much, much bigger way that we will be able to share with you uh, a little bit later in the summer, maybe over into the fall with an uh, actual substantive program to mm-hmm. help in a lot of different ways as far as cybersecurity and that type of thing is concerned. But let's talk about uh, as far as gen wealth as it sits today, what uh, what happens here? Because Janet, I think a lot of times through our experience in dealing with this over the years, oftentimes the biggest threat is is the the client because they it is so easy to get fooled by someone who has nothing to do with gen wealth, LPL Financial, Independent Advisor Alliance, any of our affiliates has mm-hmm. nothing to do with them but somehow they end up gaining access to your money. You know, uh, oddly, uh, what we have seen from our our friends at the FBI when we've talked with them about identity theft, um, what we see many times is that it happens from somebody you know. And so even though you may feel safe to uh, leave your passwords out at home or, you know, things like that, who really sees those? Who has the ability to go, oh, let me just take a picture of that and, I, and, and I'll do with it what I want later on. It happens more than, than you know. And so I would just uh, encourage you to be aware of your own you know, personal surroundings and, and uh, consider the people you can trust and the people you cannot and just, just be very wise in that. Um, it's, it's not uncommon. It is very common as well for people to prey on the fears of people who have accounts. We, yes. We've had situations where people have actually, you know, called somebody and said, hey, I need you to do this with your money because things are about to blow up. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's absolutely, I mean, again, we don't make wise decisions when we're making emotional decisions. So let's, let's stay away from that. And one of the things that I think um, would be important for Clark and, and really uh, all of our listeners to understand about our industry is I, I think that many people have the perception of uh, a company like GenWealth um, having the assets back in a vault somewhere like they do at the bank. It doesn't work that way at all. Uh, we are never in custody of a client's assets. Even when a client makes out a, a check payable to the investment company where their money is going to be held, that check is not payable uh, in, in such a way that we have the ability to do anything with it other than pass it along to the custodian, the place where the client is wanting to invest their money. 
So and, and we make sure that that happens very very quickly. That there's no opportunity for it to be laying around, be pilfered, stolen, or exactly, anything of that nature. Exactly. And those custodians employ a a bank level security on their systems. Um, LPL is using two factor authentication for account access. There's a lot of of protection uh, protective measures in place. Um, but, you know, we've seen um, with large federal agencies, uh, if if the bad guy wants to get in, the bad guy's going to get in. Yeah. You can't you can't completely 100 percent protect everything. Um, but we are very confident in the, the systems that we have in place. Janet, let's talk about here at GenWealth what happens. Uh, so if, let's say mm-hmm. that someone calls up and what they want to talk about their account. Let's say they want to ask about how much their account balance is. Well, we're going to confirm your identity before we do that. Now, oftentimes we know exactly who we're talking to on the phone because we are familiar with our clients. But if one of our uh, associates that that is in an administrative capacity gets a call from somebody and you ask a question about an account, we're going to identify who you are before we are going to release any of that information. And by the way, we're going to talk directly to you. We cannot take any kind of email or voicemail for any kind of information exchange or any kind of trading that uh, you might request to be done. So, uh, you know, you could think about the text number that we throw out on the air. You cannot text that number and say, hey, I want you to redeem something out of my account and send me money. It doesn't work that way. Uh, There is security measures that we have in place just as a general uh, course of doing business to keep that from happening. But Janet, I think that that being uh, cognizant of something out of the ordinary uh, coming your way is the best way to be vigilant about this whole uh, identity theft, cybersecurity, uh, and just frankly, out and out larceny that people are, are exposed to sometimes. Yeah, I, I just I just think you have to be very alert and you have to be sure that those who are in your circle are trustworthy and those who are are handling um, any aspect of your finances are also trustworthy and alert. All right. If you would like to uh, get a question in to us, 501-381-5228, you can text a question to us or you can uh, leave a voicemail. You can also email us at show at getreadyforthefuture.com. Our next question comes from Stephen in Benton. Is this your husband, Stephen? Uh, no, it's it's not, um, but... Uh, it's spelled differently. I, it is spelled differently. I was just looking at this one. This is a, a PH, Stephen, and mine is a V, Stephen. Okay. So he wants to know, this would be a uh, question that Stephen, your Stephen, would probably yeah. <laughs> ask. Does this tech rally have steam uh, to keep running? Well, in all due respect, uh, Stephen, I think that, that first of all, let me say that, that technology is literally uh, what I think in today's economy, what oil was in the past decades. Uh, oil really was endemic in everything that we did in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s and uh, and even today. It is a staple of the economy because it touches so much. It has such an effect on so much. Technology is rapidly getting to that status if it's not already there. But with all due respect, I would say that that you're asking the wrong question. Does the tech rally still have steam? This is what we call, Janet, Chasing the hot dot. Yeah, I I am in complete agreement with you. I think, you know, many times by the time we have heard about a rally 
and individual investors are wanting to get in on that, well, we've we've already had a significant portion of the rally. And it's not to say that there's not upward movement still ahead of us, just like John made the comparison with oil. Sure, there's still upward movement ahead of us, but I think that you have to take this holistic view of your investing and, you know, the, the old saying about mama always told you not to put all your eggs in one basket. Well, we have to be diversified, just like oil might have been a portion of somebody's investments during, you know, and even now, but during the time that we're talking about in this comparison to technology, technology might be a portion of it. But what I would caution you about, and really we have no indication that Stephen is doing this, but I, I still want to throw it out there, whether it benefits Stephen or somebody else, what I would caution you about is finding that one singular tech company that you go, oh, they're amazing. They're going to be all that in a box of chocolates. You know, you can't go wrong if you buy their stock. That's not ever a wise move. If you're all in on one particular company or significantly in on one particular company, you're just not getting the risk diversification that you need. You know, that story of the tortoise and the hare yeah. never changes. The, the, the hare doesn't win every time you read mm -hmm. it the tortoise does so the the opposite of what we're talking about here is building a well-diversified portfolio because here's the the, the truth and and Stephen kind of alludes to this in this question is this tech rally going to, to last well what if it doesn't mm -hmm. and we don't know whether it's going to last right. or not those t things change on a whim so the way to become financially independent is not to go out here and find the next Amazon or something of that nature, the way to become financially independent is to do so through a very well-crafted methodology, slow and steady building wealth and, and accumulating larger and larger numbers of shares of whatever it is that you're investing in. But in general, Janet, equities in general do the trick. Yeah, absolutely. That is that is going to give you a long-term opportunity for growth. So you definitely want to focus in that direction. I would also encourage you to just think about when we talk about a tech rally and things like that, um, it is very common for us as advisors to get questions from investors about things that are current topics in the news. Um, so if you're hearing about a tech rally, then we get a question about tech rallies, etc. And what we see is a... a common uh, characteristic that people will often turn the news into their news, meaning they think because there is a tech rally that it should mean something to them. Well, maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't, but you've got to look at what are your investments? What should your investments be? And is there anything relevant between your investments and what's being discussed in, you know, on the news. And John, I, I will say something that gives me a great question about the future of, of the tech rally. And that's um, how this whole Zuckerberg and Elon Musk thing is going to turn out. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, in all seriousness, things, things as crazy as that can have a, a shorter term impact on your investments because it hits the news and everybody loses their minds. Um, those two definitely have. And so what happens in in the tech portion because of who they are? Yeah. You know? Yeah. There, there's there's a lot there. Here's here's what I think is is really driving this, Janet. If you think about the psychology of this, and I love to study the psychology of, of investing and what have you. But this is a, a grand case of FOMO. 
fear yeah. of missing out. Yeah. And now let's talk about the person who has FOMO about fear of missing out on events. What do they do? They go and spend their money on this event and that event, and they spend money on an event that they they probably couldn't even afford to do because they just can't stand maybe missing out on that. And what they end up with is being broke because they spent all their money on all these things that they feared missing out on, and they really don't have a plan to get where they want to go in life. Well, and and I have a newsflash for you. There is no cure that will lead to happiness for somebody who has FOMO because it doesn't matter what you do. It, there's it, always there's, something else. There's always something else that you missed. Okay, so you went to a concert and you had a great time there, but you know, four or five of your friends went over to a friend's house and and they played cards that night. You missed something. Yep. You know, so it, the same is true with investing. You can't invest in everything. It, it's wise to work with a professional and determine what needs to be your focus of your investments and let the rest of it go. That word, that sentence that you just uttered there gets us right into our next question, Janet. Okay. From Allie in Little Rock, I am 43 and not really sure what the benefit of working with an advisor is versus managing my investments myself. Is there really enough benefit? Now, this is a setup question because, you know, you're asking a couple of financial advisors here. Is there a benefit, uh, is to, working there benefit with you? to working with us? And so here we go. We're going to we just say yes and move on. Yeah, we could. But okay. we still have some time to fill on the show okay. here. So I probably need to give a little bit more of an explanation. Now, don't take our word for it. Yeah. Let's go to a third party and see what they say, because obviously we've got a dog in the fight. We are going to be biased in this answer, but we want to share with you what other people say, not necessarily what John and Janet say. So go to a Morningstar study on this, Janet. Okay, so this Morningstar study took five separate issues related to making good financial decisions, and it compared how DIY investors typically react to the issue as opposed to those following the suggestions of a financial advisor. So the issues are the same. It's how do you respond if you're doing it yourself and how do you respond if you're working with an advisor? The study evaluated, number one, allocating clients' total assets. Number two, income planning and account decisions. Number three, retirement planning product options. Number four, leveraging tax advantages through allocation and withdrawal strategies. And number five, considering expected retirement expenses. And the study concluded that the methods recommended by advisors could cause a retiree, get this, to generate income up to 22.6% more over the methods of a DIY investor. Now, John, we have had people over the years, I say we, everybody in the industry, everybody who is an advisor has had somebody during their career who went, well, if it's going to cost me that much, I'll just do it myself. Well, in return for that cost, this shows that uh, it generates up to 22.6% more. So return for value, we believe, is there. And frankly, if it wasn't, we wouldn't be doing this for a living. I know that there are people who would anyway, but right. I, I've got to be behind something I believe in. And I, I deeply believe 
that we deliver more value than what our measurably more value than what our cost of services is. Janet, at the core of what we do is behavioral and emotional coaching. Yep. A lot of times it is keeping you from hurting yourself, quite frankly. People make decisions based on emotion when they should be making those decisions based on logic. And to have a coach come alongside you and help you to understand a situation, to help you think through a situation, to help you understand the dynamic of a situation that you may not have the right information on, that is incredibly valuable. Let's talk about Russell Investments, who in 2022, they did a study and they said the value of working with an advisor can add about 4.91% to your overall return. And they have an interesting formula for that, mm-hmm. Janet. They, they talk about A plus B plus C plus T. Um, so active rebalancing of investments, behavioral coaching, which as John alluded to, is, is probably one of the most important things that we do for our clients. Customized experience and family wealth planning, that's a huge deal. And then the T is for tax smart planning and investing. Um, I think with regard to taxes, most people, their their CPA or their accountant is backwards looking. So they're looking at what did you do last year and how much do you owe rather than forward looking tax planning. And that can make a tremendous difference over the lifetime of a client when we're talking about how much money they spend uh, in paying the IRS. So when you look at this, you know, uh, Morningstar says working with an advisor can generate income of up to 22.6% more. Russell Investment says that each year that the value of an, of an advisor is 4.91% of whatever somebody's assets are. And I'll tell you, John, we don't charge anywhere near 4.91% of somebody's assets. So we are uh, mathematically we are delivering more value than what we're being paid for in terms of those dollars to dollars. Janet, all you have to do is look at the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process and understand that this is way more than just where to invest your money. Uh, generally, we've got strategies about investing in a real thought process about that, and, and we'll actually talk about that on the Fastest 4 Minutes in Investing this week's edition uh, coming up after this show. But I I want you to understand that there's a lot more to retirement than just investments. There is a lot of planning, a lot of thought process, a lot of things that you have to consider and think about so you get the outcome that you're looking for. Oftentimes, people just kind of wing it and go, well, you know, whatever's going to be is going to be and we'll just uh, figure it out. And they don't take the time to really sit down and plan their retirement years so they get the results they're looking for. I was talking to someone the other day and they were talking about, well, you know, when I die, it's going to be this way and this way. Well, I start looking at what they have and it's not going to be that way at all. Yeah. It's really going to be the way that they laid it out when they first started everything, which was like 20 years ago. And now all that stuff has changed and he wants to do something different as far as his state is concerned. Yeah. Things, things definitely change over the years. Um, John, I want to focus in on one key phrase that you just said. You talked about your retirement is more than just investments. And uh, uh, this is not on camera right now, but over John's shoulder, uh, if you could see it currently, you would see that there's a stack of books up there. And uh, the top one says your retirement should be more. Um, and and that's a, that's a book, John, that you and I wrote a few years back. And it really talks about it is about so much more than investing. And Allie, when you when you ask, you know, what's the benefit of working with an advisor uh, versus managing my investments myself, the key is that it's about so much more than investing because 
the the pool of assets that you have is one portion of your overall financial picture. But there's so many other questions. There are things like, you know, even if, if you have been able to accumulate this and get to a certain point, what do you do to protect it? Has somebody had a conversation with you about long-term care uh, as, a, as an example? That's just one of many, but it is something that can threaten your financial independence. So if you're not working with an advisor who knows when to pull those levers in the conversation to go, hey, look, you're at this stage of life, and at this stage of life, these are the conversations that we need to be having. And if you don't have those, then there are some dangers around the corner that you don't know if you're going to survive that or not, frankly. I don't have any idea what Allie does for a living, but I will be willing to bet that it is probably nothing in the financial industry. And all due respect to Allie, you can't be an expert at everything. And and frankly, even an individual advisor at GenWealth is not an expert at everything. That's why we have a team of advisors. We have advisors that are skilled in all kinds of different disciplines that we can bring experts to the table when you have an issue, when you have a problem, when you have something that you don't really know how to deal with, we can bring in people who are experienced in that area. And that's why it's important to be smart enough to be wise to know when to say when and when you need help. John, as you mentioned, we don't know what Allie does for a living, but I'll pick um, two careers that we've worked with a lot. We've worked with people in lots of different industries, but I've worked with a whole lot of police officers, and I've worked with a good number of linemen, uh, like who work for, for an energy company, that type of thing. And literally, if I tried to do either one of their jobs, I would die. Yeah. Like, it is literally life or death. And we've had the conversations about them going, you know what? You don't know what I know, and I don't know what you know. And I'm really glad that you're good at the job that you do, and they're really glad that we're good at the job that we do. And therein lies the difference, is that this is our area of expertise, and and we focus on specifically retirement income planning. That's what we do all day, every day. Okay, a few minutes ago. We heard the bell. Yeah, <laughs> it went a few minutes. I was just, I was kind of in the process of like, you know what? This will work for my final thought. You no, know, you got to uh, come with another final I got to come up with another one. So, okay, if you would like to get your question on the air, we would love to hear your voice. We would love to get your question on the air. So if you have a question, anything about retirement investments and your money, all you need to do is text us at 501-381-5228, 501-381-5228. Or give us a call because uh, we'd love to capture your voice and be able to share that on air as well. And then uh, you can also, John, uh, you're pulling out the other item I was going to mention. I'll let you go ahead and talk about seven steps to financial independence. Don't steal my final thought. I, you, I was about to go there. I know. I know. <laughs> seven steps to financial independence. It is your guidebook for reaching financial independence. We want you to have this. Uh, and frankly, that they, they goes into some detail on each one of these, and that is determining your monthly income need, maximizing your Social Security benefit, accounting for inflation, planning for health care, being aware of taxes, doing the math and mind the gap. I'll leave that one to you for you to read what that actually means and creating a written plan. All of those steps are things that we outline in this document uh, seven Steps to Financial Independence, and you can get that by simply texting the word STEP to our phone number, 
And that's going to do it for this edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. The pro is back next week. I, yes. I get to get out of the hot seat, and I'm not sure if you or I are on with we, him. We but, take uh, turns over here. But, yeah. it, but it's a whole lot more comfortable in that seat <laughs> than it is in this one. So for the entire Genwell team, have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.